What's up, everyone? This is Clark. And Bobby Jean. Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to our Wake Before the Day podcast. Before we dive into the scripture today, we wanted to extend an invitation and encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, if you use iTunes, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. Uh, so check it out, and then that will also help us change the way we try to promote um, the podcast and allow us to not so much have to say, hey, we got a new podcast today, but will allow us to interact right. with <laughs> you folks out there. So anyways, enough of that. Today we're looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Yeah, there's a lot in here, a lot of just stuff sticking out. And so Clark and I are going to try to hit kind of a big chunk that we feel like is there and that resonated with us. And that actually starts right away in verse two. Um, and if you've been in the Christian community, I'm sure you, you probably recognize words like repent, Mm -hmm. but in, um, in verse two, you actually read the word renounce. I'll read a little bit of it right now. Um, so this is second Corinthians four verse two. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. And then it goes on. And so I just wanted to do a little bit of a distinction between renounce and repent. Yeah, what's and the difference so, here? Most of the time when you hear the word repent, which is the one you usually would hear, especially in the church community, is when they're they're literally just talking about like a 180 degree turn, kind of like a lifestyle turn um, toward God. And it's just... I best I best describe it like to our kids like when like when you're sorry and when you have regret for something that you've done mm-hmm. and what um what renouncing is getting at here is actually is actually different it's actually saying um to this opposing thing that you're trying to remove or get out of your life it's actually a deliberate um rejection to this opposing um thing in your life so it's not only saying you're sorry but it's a literal um turning toward that thing and and um and just opposing that thing in your life. Yeah, so some practical examples would be a renouncing of land, a disowning of a family member. Hopefully you don't have to right, do so that. Right, so it's pretty severe. Yeah, it's, it's very severe. And when I was talking to the Catholic priest regarding deliverance, prayer, and ministry, uh, we talked about this five-fold process for prayer. And this is mm-hmm. something I've tried to apply to my life almost every day. Repenting, forgiving, renouncing, walking in the authority that Christ has given you, Mm -hmm. and then also receiving God's blessing. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to renouncing, let me give you an example just from from my everyday life. Anger. This is something I'm sure many of us battle with, but when I have an angry outburst, let's say towards my kids, I'm impatient and it's just wrong. I repent and turn towards God and say, God, would you forgive me Mm -hmm. for, for misrepresenting you and for hurting my kids. Mm -hmm. But then it moves into a a step of forgiveness where I have to go to my kids and say, hey, will will you forgive daddy? I shouldn't have talked to you like that. I shouldn't have raised my voice. But then there's also the next step of renouncing where I'm actually addressing anger, saying I'm breaking any kind of agreement I've had with you, a habit, a way of thinking. I'm done with it. I'm getting rid of you. I no longer want to do that. Mm -hmm. I walk in the authority that Jesus Christ has given us, that the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. And then you receive the blessing of the Father. So anytime it comes to renouncing, when this passage talks about renouncing secret and shameful ways, you're getting rid of the crap that's been in your life. 
But when there's a, a vacancy, you always receive and fill with the blessing of God. So I get rid of anger and I say, God, would you replace that with love? Yeah. And joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Uh, like that, that's a practical application. So when you're thinking about this today and renouncing, think about something that, that's been hanging you up, that's been giving you problems and maybe causing friction between you and God and you and others. Repent, forgive, renounce, authority, blessing. Right, because maybe it's more than you know just that circumstance or scenario broadly. Yeah. Like maybe we need to actually do like the precision kind of the like sniper thing here and like call out um, like you were talking about anger. And so that that can be many different things, but that's a good example. Yeah. And he continues this train of thought to talk about these treasures in jars of clay, which is a really popular verse in, right. in, in scripture. It's on artwork and stuff. So if you turn to, let's see, now we're going to be in verse seven. So still chapter four, verse seven. And I'm sure you've heard this before, but it sounds like this. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. And so the point is, when you're looking at a, a jar that has a crack in it, it the crack it represents our flaws. It re- represents the things that have tripped us up, our sin, the things that the areas of life we've dropped the ball in, the things we're embarrassed by, have shame from, things we're not proud of. Mm-hmm. Those are the areas that the Holy Spirit shines His light through, takes the things that were once bad. Mm-hmm. And makes them good. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the question is, you know, the scripture says God made his light shine in us. When we submit to following Jesus, why don't we do this? Right. Like, this sounds like a great idea. Why don't I do this every day? I know. And so we, as we process this, Clark and I will, I, I mean, just uh, in our lives, why don't we do this? Well, because we, you have, we have to admit to ourselves then that there's something wrong with us. Yeah. That we actually can't, in this moment, we need help. With our anger in this moment, God, we need help. I, I'm angry. God, <laughs> so, you know, I have a porn problem. I have a gambling problem. I am lustful. I am proud. Right. Like whatever it is, you got to identify. So it. there's just that level of self awareness that we don't want to actually admit. We want to numb. We want to hide. We want to have the, these ways in secret. And so that's For sure. probably one of the reasons why. And then the second is because we fear others. And so, well, if I bring this up to, you know, I could never bring this up because what would they think of me? Or if I bring this up even to the Lord, if I, if I try to, to have a prayer time about this, if I, what a, what a terrible, embarrassing thing. And so we need to just totally shift that style of thinking. So even like Clark was saying, like, when I bring this example, anger to the light, we're actually totally disarming the evil one. When we bring these things um, up for repentance and when we're renouncing them, we take away the ammo that the evil one has against us because we're bringing it to light saying, no, we don't want, we don't want this stronghold in our life anywhere. We don't want, we're trying, um, we're trying to invite in a time of, of, of blessing. We want the father's blessing over us. And so, so those, those kind of things, I mean, that's, that's totally relatable. Like we're, we don't want to admit these things to ourselves. We definitely don't want to have yeah. um, other people looking at us and seeing, oh my goodness. But that's that's where the good news comes in. Is that's actually um, be, in the when be, we, the best example found you of go. that. Is, yeah, the best <laughs> example is the cross. Something right. that was a, a place of pain. It was humiliating. It was embarrassing. And God took something that was that horrible. And made it a great gift to everyone. Right. So when you and I think through the, the, the our baggage, the stuff that we don't want anyone 
to know about, the stuff that we have this temptation mm-hmm. to keep tucked away. Um, when we bring that into the light, God promises to use that for good. It says you renounce those secret ways, and then you allow me to shine through the cracks in your life. And that's right. a great example from the cross. One of my other favorite passages comes from Ephesians 5, and it's verses 12 and 13. Let me read them to you real quick here. It says, It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. Now you notice it doesn't talk about how God is the light in this case, which we know he always is. It says the thing that was once in darkness and is now illuminated becomes a light. Mm -hmm. The thing that you and I are ashamed of, the thing that has brought us pain, the thing that we don't want anybody else to know about. When you bring that into the light and you offer that to the Lord, that itself becomes a light. Why? Because you're looking at human weakness and God's strength and goodness. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of naturally transitions to one of the final thoughts coming from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, which means you just got to talk about it. Right. If you turn to verse 13, let us turn and get there. Sorry, I flipped my Bible. (laughs) And it literally says that that we believe these things, and so therefore we talk about them. In Mm -hmm. verse 13, it's written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. And so there's something that shifts inside of us um, when we've experienced the goodness of God in this way that um, that we just can't help but talk about it because, man, we want other people to experience this freedom that that we now know. And so, so admitting it to ourselves, fear of others, those are just secondary to the goodness that we experience of God when these things, like Clark's talking about, that, that we haven't want to to bring to light are finally off our chest are finally out. And we're not saying that they're not still issues or we don't have to deal with them, but we have God through us showing others that it's possible that we don't have to live this way anymore. It's like a, it's like a spiritual before and after picture. Right. You see those people on weight loss commercials or those want to get away, grab a Snickers. It's the ticked off grandma in the back seat and they give them a Snickers and it's like their best friend from college. It's like that spiritually. And there comes a point in time where you can't help but tell everybody else about it. Other other translations, we're reading the NIV, throw the word witness in there. Or you got to right. testify. Testify to God's goodness. But it takes courage. Mm-hmm. It takes you to be brave. Because the evil one, one of his names is the accuser. Mm, yeah. And he is shooting at you saying, you can't bring that up. You're not going to want other people to know about X, Y, or Z. Right. And then you look at the Lord. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And there's nothing that can separate you from his love. So you reject that lie. You renounce it. Mm-hmm. Say, I'm going to outright oppose you. And I'm going to let people see my cracks. And ultimately, the goodness of God is shining through that. Yeah. Recently, we were talking to someone in one of our couples classes. He talked about how he it took him decades to come to terms that he was an extremely stubborn human being. Right. And then as he submitted that to God, he saw that God took that and refined it and took something that was hurtful to other people and used it to become a gift. And that is now steadfastness because it's honed. It's become what God has wanted it to be. Right. So, yeah, anything else you want to add, Bob? No, I, I really don't think so. That I know that's kind of a lot to chew on, um, but just really enjoyed being in Chapter 4 with you guys. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Treming treasures in jars of clay. It's like, oh, yeah, it's in songs. It's in artwork. It's on right. some Christian bookstore magnet or whatever. But living it out is hard. 
Yeah. It's intimidating. It's going to require you to take some steps and it requires us to take some steps. So we're going to, we're going to pray for you guys right now and then um, pray that we'll live into the scripture and we'll have a great week. So Bob, you want to pray? Sure. Heavenly Father, we're just so grateful for the um, the ability and the technology to come into your word and to just explore what you have for us. So we thank you, Lord, for who you are. We thank you for your holy and precious word, God. Thank you, Lord, that um, that it's written that we we get to renounce, we get to repent, and we get to turn towards you uh, with all of our cracks. Um, you accept those and you use those for your good. So we thank you for that truth, God, and we thank you that we get the excitement to tell others about that, and we get the opportunity to step in and witness and testify to your goodness, Lord. And I'll just end uh, my prayer with verse 17 and 18. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. God, we thank you that your kingdom reigns. We thank you for your love for us, Lord, and that uh, we get to step in to both of those things. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. Have a fantastic week. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, happy hump day. The weekend's coming. God bless you guys. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his countenance towards you and give you his peace. Have a great day.